Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We were continuing our series on editing workflows this week, and with me today, I have Sebastian... Oh crap! I'm gonna forget Nadraka. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there, and hopefully I'm right. Um, but uh, Sebastian, or Sebas, as he's known by his American friends, uh, is in Poland, uh, and he's in a restaurant right now. So you may hear some background noise. You may hear some angry people honking outside, like we heard in the uh, pre-show banter here. But uh, nonetheless, I'm super excited to have Sebastian on with us today because. One of the things that I'm really committed to doing with this podcast is bringing you a diversity of voices, a diversity of people from around the world, but particularly people who are having very different approaches to wedding films. And I'm excited for this episode because Sebastian represents... To me, the well, by far, actually, the most unique uh, wedding films of anyone who we've had on the show thus far. So I, I said this about Dax and Powell last week, is that when you watch Dax and Powell's wedding films, you know that it's Dax and Powell making this film. Um, but that is uh, true to a far greater extent even with Sebastian because... There's there's nothing like what Sebastian's making that I found. You know, maybe somebody else is out there. Again, tons of wedding filmmakers out there who I have yet to discover. But uh, Sebastian is doing something completely unique. And so I would actually encourage you, if you're you know at home, if you're at a computer listening to this right now, or even if you're at a place, if you're not on the road, you know, if you're at a place where you can stop, where you can pause the podcast, and then go watch one of Sebastian's films. Before we start this podcast, I think that would be really helpful because he's coming from a very different paradigm with this. And so I think it'd be really helpful for you to watch uh, at least, you know, one or two or three of his films before we start this podcast. So um, if you're doing that, give me before you introduce yourself and everything, uh, just for people who are actually going to be able to do that, Sebastian. Where do people need to go to watch one of your films? Well, I think the best option is to go to Facebook and just type in Super Weddings. That's how you're going to find me. Or, perfect. Yeah, that's perfect spot. Then you can link to my webpage with all the films that are, uh, that are on the webpage. Actually, there's slightly more films on my Facebook right now as on the webpage. And uh, on Monday, I will upload a new film that I actually showed you beforehand. Actually, nobody ever yeah. seen that yet. So that will be on Monday. Well, this will be uploaded on Tuesday, so they should, they should be able to see it. All right, now. all right, great. So yeah, if they go on Tuesday at Super Weddings on my Facebook, it's gonna be there. So that's perfect. Pretty, that's so, so yeah, check that latest one out because I'm gonna talk about that one specifically here, um, <laughs> at some point because it's just like mind blowing. I was watching it at breakfast this morning with my wife, 
and we were both just like, what in the world is, I had to watch this twice <laughs> to like under, to even have a feeling that like I understood what just happened. <laughs> so, so again, like really encourage you, uh, if you're at a place where you can do this, stop the podcast now, go to Facebook, look up super weddings in Facebook and then watch at least the latest film that he just put out because we are going to talk about that one specifically, but you know, I'd encourage you watch a few of them and then come back here and let's play this because you're going to get a lot more out of this if you have watched a couple of those in advance. So, all right, we got that out of the way. Sebastian, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know we were trying to schedule for, for weeks now. It's just having, yeah. it's just having you know, two kids at home is, and, being, and traveling for every weekend almost like at different cities across Europe is just not so easy to find time. Man. But thank you for the patience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. Yeah, and, and and you know, it's nine o'clock here and it's four o'clock there. So uh, yeah, the time change is, is a big big struggle there too. But <laughs> when I when I first saw you online, I saw you on uh, one of the Facebook forums and uh, you know, you posted one of your videos and I watched it and my mind was just blown. I was like, What in the world is this thing? <laughs> you know, this is a like is this a wedding video? You know, and, and it's super, when you, when you post stuff, it's super polarizing because you're, you know, our listeners and anyone out there, you're either going to absolutely love it and think it's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your oh, life or you're going to hate it yeah. and you're going to be like, what the heck is this guy thinking? Is he tripping on acid? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I totally why would he even, why would he even think about doing this? His couples are going to hate this. Like, you know, it's either going to be that or you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I have to rethink everything I'm doing because this would be uh, this would be truly expressing myself in the way that I feel and the way in connecting with the couples that I want to connect with. So you're going to have like one of these two extremes when you watch his films, you're going to feel one of those two things either way. I think you're going to get a lot out of this podcast because opening up our horizons to something different, um, we, we always pick up nuggets of knowledge that help us. Even if it is, even if you are on the spectrum of, you know, what is, what is Sebastian thinking when he makes this film? You know, even, like, even if you can't stand the work, you're going to learn something here because Sebastian... I was trying to figure this out earlier. I'm going to call you the Christopher Nolan of wedding films. <laughs> All right. <laughs> which, yeah, which, which sounds really crazy, right? Christopher Nolan, like if Christian, Christopher Nolan made a wedding film. But to me, like, if he did, it would look a lot like what you're doing. I was watching the this latest one that you did. And, again, I had to watch it twice. Actually, my wife kind of caught on to it before I did. Um so, so thank you, Sarah, for, for figuring this out for me. My shallow mind uh, couldn't comprehend what was going on here. But, yeah, I was watching this latest one. And so if you've done what I told you to and you've watched this film, then you kind of have a, a context for this. But you start out with the word reborn. And that's why I didn't catch on to it at the beginning. I think I was just like... I wasn't totally in the zone or something, but then I'm watching this and then like, um, in this like black water, 
<laughs> it was um, i'm probably gonna have like a lot of these like experiences while we're chatting so i hope you're like you know chill with That's that so like funny, where actually. i'm just like laughing because i'm just like literally like my mind's just like blown and confused and and curious and in awe of what you're doing so um anyways so with this film what, what i gathered from it and, and tell me if i'm wrong you know i could be we could be, you know, mistaking something, but it was almost like you used, and I think you probably do this with a lot of your films is there's some sort of metaphor within your film that's driving the entire film. And in this case, it seemed like it was baptism. Um, you know, you talk about this idea of being reborn. Um, it has this very dark feel to it for most of the film. Uh, they're, they're submerging themselves in a bathtub um, at one point I thought, oh my gosh, is this girl about to kill herself, you know? Um, and, and actually at one point my wife said, uh, at a different part in the film, she said, is she about to kill him or kiss him? <laughs> uh, because it had this super dark feel to it, this Christopher, Christopher Nolan vibe. But then it had this turn, um, seemingly to me, after her baptism in this bathtub where the mood completely changed and in essence this couple was you know reborn in the darkness of uh this elopement and you know the the entire feel of the film turned so talk to i mean am i am i grasping any of this correctly like talk to me through yeah, this film in particular yeah actually um Actually, what you're saying is, is pretty on spot. Uh, yes, as you say, that, I'm, that some people will hate it and some people will love it. And I totally agree on that, as I understand that what I do is different. And uh, a lot of people, couples in particular, will say, okay, it's, it's not for us. It's, let's say, mm -hmm. too dark, too creative or whatever. It's not, you know, pink, fleshy and, and just beautiful. Because... For me, what I mostly look in, uh, in weddings, it's not necessarily the venue, the location, the beautiful dress, the beautiful shoes, you know, and all that glamour. It's more about the couple itself. It's actually the story that they had in their past that drove them to this spot that they are right now, to the very moment of the wedding itself. So for me, the most interesting part is who they really are and what brought them to this place in their life. As with the couple that you're referring to in the film, I went with them to the Isle of Skye. It's, a, it's an island of Scotland, which is a place where you have no phone reception. You have to drive like seven hours from the nearest airport to get there. So. The whole thing of going there is like an experience of getting to a place with no, let's say, you know, you just there and the landscape. It's just you and the ocean. It's just you and the mountains. And uh, I mean, if you're in Europe and if you're a wedding photographer, there are two spots that are mostly common, commonly like gone to. It's Iceland and it's probably Isle of Skye. So I thought, okay, if you guys want to go there, I don't want to portrait you standing or you know being on a hill in front of a beautiful mountain 
and just you know show you kissing because most probably that's what everybody would do go the easy easy way you have a beautiful mountain you have a beautiful couple you know let's just make a photo or just make a film of how they you know stand there and cuddle and I don't know do the regular stuff what I was telling them on, 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 on our way there on the airplane I told them guys I don't want any of that I want for you to live and relive yourself and have this mind-blowing experience I told them we will do crazy stuff and that they have to trust me 100% and on our, our, our first like hour of shooting we were driving through the fields and we saw a horse in the middle of nowhere he was drinking out of this old bathtub he was drinking water with mud and I told him guys let's get out of the car we have to go to this horse and I told him okay the horse is nice but I like the bathtub and I asked Mia do you trust me she said yeah I do so I told him the way you stand here in your in your dress I want you to get in in the bathtub close your eyes <laughs> and go beneath it <laughs> and that's exactly what she did you know it was crazy but the whole experience for her was such unique and different that the whole emotions that we had together I was so thankful for her trusting me and she was like thankful for me for being like you know creative and for for letting her doing this because I kind of instantly knew she was going to do this uh, and she would that she would trust me so it was like an experience for me and for her and we were living this very moment and creating something and you asked me whether I had the whole story built in my head no I had not the whole story was building on itself while we were there we were talking we were listening to music together we were camping out together there we were sleeping in the same spot together and basically talking about life about their you know, story how they met what do they struggle with how do they view marriage what's important to them uh, I and it was more like this you know psychology class that we had for the wow. for the stay there it was really intense and really deep because I'm really into people. I'm really interested in, in what's their story. I'm not that much interested of, you know, what are the flowers going to look like or, you know, what you're going to wear, who's the designer of your, of your dress. That's totally unimportant for me. Mm. Uh, for me, it's, it's all about the people and the location, the venue of the wedding itself is just the location where the story happens. But the story is happening between those two people so mm. I was somehow what I always say at my let's say workshops whatever is when I'm in a regular wedding let's say I tell them guys what I will make as a film it will be your day filtered by my emotions and seen by my eyes and you have to trust me and give me totally free hand on what I'm doing. That's what I tell them at every meeting that I have, on all my first meetings with my couples. 
I tell mm. them that's the way I work, and they either have to trust me, or I will not work with them, because it's the only way I can make stuff like this. As, yeah. And it's coming back again to, to what you said. It's either people love it or hate it. But if people are on a meeting with me, they probably love it. So I don't, yeah. I don't get to meetings with people who want something totally else. Because you know, when they go to my webpage, they see stuff like this. I, they already you know have to like it to go right. to the meeting with me. So, so actually, you know, uh, you also were saying that it's all about editing. Actually, the whole story I did. I made it while editing. I had ideas, I had like pieces of, of the story, and I, ha I, I was remembering the feelings that we had and the music that we were listening to. And then I just took all those pieces together and you know, make, made the story. So I never, I never go to a place already knowing what I will edit. I just tried to. So you didn't go in knowing that you were going to use baptism as a metaphor no, for this couple. I had I had no idea. And did you did you put her in the bathtub before you knew that, or like? I I just saw this bathtub, and I just <laughs> I just knew I ha I have to do this. You know, it's uh... it's you referred like the Christian Nolan. Uh, actually, my biggest like inspiration is a guy before him. And I know that Chris, Christopher Nolan is inspired by him. And I'm talking about Stanley Kubrick. It's a guy uh -huh. who's been making films back in the 60s, 70s, and 90s. And his films were visually intense. It was all about having those very long, hypnotic, century, like central shots with music that was making the whole scene. And I was very inspired by, by those movies even if when I in the time back when I was not doing films at all because I was making music for the last 10 days for the last 10 years in my life but somehow his films inspired me while making music and uh, when I go to an edit or even I go to a sh shooting something my initial thought is how would Stanley Kubrick make this shot I don't know that's how I think it's initially what, what what's in my head. So I try to remember like a scene or two from his films and I just, you know, try to make a similar looking scene inspired by his work and implement it in the work that I'm currently doing. And hmm. his films were again, it's either you love it or you hate it. And I totally agree that art is art should be like this. It's, yeah. You cannot be, like, make everybody happy. You have to make yourself happy in the first place. I came to this to this thought that it's not even of making your couples happy. It's you have to be happy with what you're doing. You have to be inspired all the time with the stuff that you're doing. You have to have goosebumps on your hands and everywhere while editing the stuff. And only then your couples will be happy as well. But in the yeah. first place, you have to be totally excited of what you're doing. So the first like, question you have to ask yourself is, what the hell do I like doing? What's my yeah. thing? What's like driving me? 
What's mm. what's what's my idea? What do I want to do? And I, when I started doing films, I always wanted to do crazy, intense stuff. So I, when I was making weddings, I was making different kind of weddings. Let's say sometimes people ask me, okay, you have to make like this beautiful wedding because our couple is so beautiful. I was talking to wedding planners, and they wanted like everything, you know, pastel colors and all that. And I done like two or three weddings like this, but then I realized that. It's not my thing at all. I don't, I don't feel good making this. Okay, I can make money. People want me, and but on the other hand, I stopped feeling good about it because it was not me. So I quit all those uh, like weddings ideas, all those inquiries that I had for weddings like this, and I only started doing things that inspired me. Mm. I have to be inspired by this. And I know that if I have this feeling, at the end, the couples who who I attract will be totally blown away. So I'm like really this hardcore uh, philosophy around my work. I know that lots of people would disagree and say, okay, but you know, how can you make stuff? How can you think about yourself? We do our work for our couples. And yes, we do our work for couples, but only then they will be excited about your work when you're excited about your work it's just my philosophy maybe it's wrong but i found it works for me yeah. and uh and yeah <laughs> i'm driven by you know this really intense stuff it's either really intense or it doesn't work for me at all it has yeah. to be emotional you have to feel something even if you hate it it's still something that you feel because I, I see so many wedding films that just look the same. It's You have the beautiful dress, beautiful bride, she's dancing, he kisses her, then you have a speech, then you have a second speech, then you have dancing again, and it's all beautiful. But after watching like three or four weddings that looks in a similar manner, you probably get bored with the fourth wedding and you don't even watch until the end, and you don't have any feelings I'd rather have somebody hate my film, but have this feeling, have, have this, you know, he says, okay, I hate it, but I watched it to the end, and I and I know yeah. I hate it, and it's not like, okay, I, don't, I didn't watch it because it, it was boring, so I didn't watch it, I just watched something else, there's no emotions, there's, you know, nothing to it, so I'd rather have mm. somebody tell me in the name of I, Sebastian, I, I hate it, it's not my thing. It's still something that he feels. So yeah. I'm like striving for emotions because I'm I view myself as an emotional guy in a way that I uh, when I when I talk to people and when I work with my couples I uh, I I have this capability of looking through them in a way and studying them and and asking those questions to know what's 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 what they love but also what they hate what what makes them happy but what makes them cry and uh, the more they tell me the more i know the story that we will build around them so it's yeah. really like a psychology class really and i kind of i'm kind of good at it that's my thing yeah oh you're awesome at it for sure that's why we're having you on here. And, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm 
one of the things that I'm hearing you say in this um, is how much more, I mean, everybody who we've had on is, you know, we, we only put great wedding filmmakers on this show for, oh, once, for sure. you know, and so, uh, you know, one of the common themes that I hear in, in our guest is the way that they get to know the couple. But I've never heard anybody say, I'm going on this road trip with them. We're camping out. We're sleeping in the same spot. You know, we're sitting around the campfire beforehand. Like So much of what you do is getting to know this couple on a whole nother level than anybody else I know in this industry. Um, and I can only imagine how that really plays a huge influence on what you do when it comes to the editing suite. So let me ask you this, like, because you're getting to know them on such an intimate level, are you, are you like working on their, are you working on their film right afterwards? Or are you like, you've gotten to know them so well that you can kind of wait um, and you still are in the moment, you know, a month later. It, talk to me just through like that workflow of like you, you filmed the wedding um, where you've really, you know, become intimate friends with this couple and uh you know where do you where do you go from there in terms of the edit well i usually try to make my edits pretty quick after yeah after i i return from such a trip because of course i don't do those trips or it doesn't have to be a trip but i, I don't do do those uh those kind of films with every couple i have uh of course, the films are similar in a way I think about them, but it's just technically impossible to fly, you know, every weekend somewhere for, for like three or four days. Sure. But for those special stories, I usually try to make them pretty fast. Uh, I went to Isle of Sky, I think, like three weeks ago. Okay. And I've been editing this film for the last two and a half weeks, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I've kind of already, you know, already came back and just started editing because I was yeah. also feeling, feeling so excited about this. I wanted to edit it as soon as possible uh, because I was really driven by, by the whole story. So, but it, it really depends. Sometimes uh, I have footage that, you know, it's laying there for like three or four months because I know I don't have time for it and I want it to be very very special and I mm. don't want to make it sometime in between of my weddings sure. I want this to, to be really focused on because I try to have like those five or six stories a year which are really special and then I will edit them for two or three weeks or maybe even a okay. month because it's it's like this I start editing I like it then I don't look at it for the next few days then I come back and I hate it and I start editing from scratch again so it's a process I I just you know I think so much about those edits I I I, I really have to love it every second or I don't finish it or I I will do it again if I don't love it from what I I sent you it's still not finished I'm still recording a voiceover for it I actually have two okay. people recording me the same voiceover simultaneously, a female and a male voiceover. 
a guy okay. from Italy is recording a voiceover and a German singer is recording a female voiceover. And I have okay. no idea what, how this will influence the film. Maybe it will be, be different. Uh, hmm. But uh, but yeah, it, of course, like regular weddings where I don't fly with people and don't have those allotments, I don't uh, edit them for that long because the story is shorter because it's usually one day shot. So I try right. to edit it for like maybe a week. That's usually how edit takes takes for me like a week, I would say. Uh, for for one film, if I do two films uh, for one couple, let's say a short film and then a longer version, then it's probably two weeks. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not I I'm not the faster editor in the world, and I don't want to edit fast because I don't find any reason for editing fast. Uh, I mean, I know that a lot of people offer like same day edit. I would never do this. I would never yeah. know how to do this. It's because I think so much about my stories that I would have never, I, I could never, I just could never make this to, sure. to offer like same day edit. Uh, but still, you know, there's so many people out there doing this, so many different ideas. I will never say that my approach is the right one. I would never say that sure. my approach is the best one. It's just the best one for me. But I yeah. see so many different wedding videographers could do just awesome films, but they're just way different than mine. And I still love them. It's so sure. many, you know, what I tell to my guys in my workshops is, guys, just, you know, hear, to, hear your own heart, what drives you, and just make your own style. Have your own style. If you copy other people, you will never feel good about it. It maybe yeah. worked for one or two films, but then you will just feel empty. Mm. And I see so many people just copying other other people's work, and it's just wrong. I mean, it's not it's not wrong because they're copying. It's just wrong for them because after you know doing those films, they will just feel this emptiness inside them because they will not they will have no idea what to do mm. because they will always follow somebody. And I see so many people doing this. I see so many people going to workshops just to, let's say, find the, uh, like the perfect formula that somebody else yeah. is, is having and just trying to copy it. But it's, it's just a wrong approach because you know, it, it will just work for one or two films. And don't what, what inspires me is actually not any other wedding filmmakers. It's stuff out there. It's poetry, it's music, it's films, in particular films, like proper films. And I go to all those uh, festivals. I, f I, wa I watch all those films that are nominated, let's say, in Cannes, and in all those different... Uh, I, I watch Japanese films, I watch Hungarian films, I watch all those crazy different films, because... I try to seek inspiration in cinematography as such. That's really wedding films. And then, just piece by piece, try to take those motives and try to implement them in my work. So, mm. guys, try to look for inspirations everywhere. Just look be beyond, out of the box. Whatever inspires you, just try to take it and use it. If you're driven by music, then listen to music and think of how it music truck is being arranged 
and how a music track often tells a story on its own. I've been inspired by music for, for years and also the way I, I, I also been a DJ like in my past and mm -hmm. playing like really intense electronic music and when I was like thinking about the way I was playing my music in clubs I was always thinking about telling a story to people with my music and it's exactly the same way I think about my edit it has to tell a story hmm. because it's cinema guys we're making cinema and cinema is all about stories so think about a story and tell it to the people hmm. that's that's it there's no other magic formula there's no presets or transitions and you can buy and use don't I, I mean in that film that I sent you I did not use any transition it was just a simple cut 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 cut, cut. simple as it, as it can get and I didn't give, you know I didn't even think about it because I know I, right now I see so many people making all those transitions like really fast drones flying and flipping and you know zoom in zoom out you know swish swoosh left right and I find lots of people making those wedding films and they all they think about is just making those transitions and if you watch a film if you go to cinema and watch a film is there like do you find any like those transition transitions probably not no. maybe of course some people argue okay but what we do is it's it's, 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 it's it's short artwork it's maybe more a music clip let's say and I would say yeah but what I what I do with my films is more inspired by cinema as such rather than short music clips hmm. uh, yeah I, so yeah I try my wedding films to be more like those little films little cinema stories than rather than let's say like short advertisements or short music clips that are that are really about having those really quick transitions and all that i try to think more organically about the way my scenes you know transition between each other i'd rather like in this film that i sent you there's this transitions in hands where i see a hand of a guy and then you see them holding hand, hands so I'd rather like transition between similar meanings shots rather than really thinking about having those fancy you know effective transitions but still it's just my approach maybe it's wrong yeah it's just mine that's what they think that's the thing about this though there's there's rarely a wrong answer you know it, it, like you said before it's so much just about what works for you yeah i want to ask you this um in your editing workflow it's obvious and you kind of mentioned this in passing here earlier is that you're driven by poetry and that's something i see in all of your films is there's an aspect of poetry um, sometimes it's through simple text written on a black uh, screen other times it's through voiceovers um, and it's very simple uh, short poetry 
um, but the the lyrics of the poetry, if you will, um, are they they sort of take flight through the visuals. Um, so talk to me about that. Like when you're when you're editing the film, how are you are you creating this poetry? What's driving it? Um, and yeah, how do you incorporate that into your edit? Well, like ninety nine percent of the stuff that you see in my films, and that you could call poetry, or let's say spoken word in a way, it's all written by me. It's all like my thoughts that I have uh, and I try to express it and also I try to give viewer a better understanding of what I'm trying to say and sometimes I feel I need to write it or sometimes I use the written word on a black screen to to make a comma or or to finish a thought or to make a transition with it. It's, it's, it's like with music, again. Sometimes you have to make this crescendo where everything goes up and then everything goes down, like this piano. And it's, again, with, with, with cinema, it's, if you go to any cinema, cinema class, or actually if you watch a movie, go and watch a movie after we finish and try to analyze how the pulse of the film is being structured. When is the action going pretty fast, and when does it slow down? And when do you have like this breathe that you can really feel while watching the film? What's mm. what are your own emotions while watching the film? When do you feel excited? When do you feel afraid? And it's again that's how I try to think about my films while editing them, and I try to think how will my viewer feel while watching it. How can I make those feelings stronger, or how can I make those feelings different? Mm. So I try to think about all those stuff. I, I never went to any cinematography school, and I don't know if it's if if this is a proper way of making films. I just try to think on on all those different levels and. I know that the more I think about this, the more I feel happier with what I do. Because mm. I never honestly wanted to make wedding films. I started to make wedding films by a huge accident. <laughs> I started to love what I do. But with every new wedding, I was pushing myself into new unknown places. And currently, if you ask me what I'm doing right now, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have there's no plan. To be honest, I have no idea if the stuff that I'm doing right now will get me any clients. Hmm. I have no idea if people will like it. I have no idea if what I'm doing is something that I can sell. Hmm. I have no idea at all. But what I know is that what I'm doing is making me like really happy about myself. It's awesome. When I wake up, I cannot think. I mean, 
all I think about is when I can start editing. I really want to go edit this. I really want to finish this. And that's, you know, that's the best feeling that you can get if you think of yourself having, you know, a job or making work. I had all those different jobs in my past and I, you know, could not think of getting up and going to my job because I hated it. Right now, mm. I just feel so happy about the stuff that I'm doing that I don't really think whether the stuff I do is something that I can sell and tag it a wedding film. I don't think in this way. And maybe if we talk next year, you will find me having zero weddings because nobody wa wants stuff like this. I have no <laughs> idea. Man. But as far, you know, so far, this ideas that I have brought me to the place where I travel across the globe to my couples, you know, from Poland, Italy, Australia. I, so, so far, so good, I would say. But yeah. uh, I have no idea where this would bring me. It's, to be honest, it's my second wedding season. I've been doing this for two years. I bought my yeah. first camera three years ago. Yeah. And it was a Lumix G87. I bought it for $500 and mm -hmm. I've been using it until the very last month. Okay, nice. So all my films that you've seen until, let's say, this season were shot on the 500 bucks camera. And, I mean, so everybody was asking me, wow, what do you use? Are you using the i7s and blah, blah, blah. And I always tell them, why do you care about what do I use? Why do you care about what you use? Just use it, man. And just don't think about what you're using. It doesn't matter at all what you're... Mm. I watch all those discussions. Okay, what lens are you using? What gear? Oh, yeah. you use the gimbal. I oh, have the Ronin. Oh, it really doesn't matter, guys. People mm. concentrate so much on the gear. They, they don't have time thinking of what they are shooting. They concentrate on how they're shooting it you know it's for me again it's just the wrong approach so so for you like I, I really I really appreciate that that flow of thought and we we've had a number of guests who've mentioned things like that and one of the, the feedback I hear from listeners is okay well it's easy for them to say that it doesn't matter what gear they're using because they're all your guests are using the latest and greatest um, equipment for for their film so it's easy for them to say the gear doesn't matter um, yeah guys I've, I've been using a, a camera for 500 bucks literally or even less maybe 460 yeah and so what was your inspiration to switch to something else then yeah I uh, wanted to stick to the Lumix because I had the lenses so it would be just a big expanse to switch lenses and, I was, and I'm happy with the lenses I have sure and just the GH5 was offering as the first probably on the market in this value 10 bit of coloring yeah and for me coloring is really important i wanted my stuff to look as cinematic as i can get as i can tweak my gotcha. curves so i just wanted the 10 bit so i just went for the gh5 and it's just amazing i i love yeah. the, the colors i can get with it i have my own lads that i use and I just, you know, love the way that they work on the GH5. 
but still I can use the same LUTs on my GX7 and it will look probably not as good but still good. It's not that big yeah. of a you know, difference. At least our clients will never notice probably. They will not notice the, sure. the, 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 you know, the difference. It's more satisfying my own it's visual you. needs, let's say. But clients, will, right. they don't give you know, crap what, what, what sort of gear that you're using. They will not hire you because, yeah. because you have a Ronin. They will not hire you because you have a gimbal. They don't even know what a gimbal is. Clients right. will hire you because you do exceptional art. And, right. you know, I use one camera, one lens. That's it. It's an, and it's all handheld. I don't use any gimbals, any Ronins, anything, any drones. Just one camera, handheld it. Uh, yeah. Again, people will argue, okay, that's the wrong approach. And I agree. Probably for lots of people, that's you know the wrong approach. But it works for me. Guys, it's just you have to find your own way. Your own... You know, your own way, yeah. I wanted to take a quick break here in the middle of the show to tell you about a new way that I'm saving thousands of dollars a year on music licensing. First of all, if you're new to making wedding films, you should know that you can't just pay 99 cents to iTunes and use that in your videos online. It's against the law. And you could face a heavy fine or even jail time. Yikes! So, until now, you've had to pay somewhere between $10 to $50 per song on average to get good music for your wedding films legally. And then, if you want to use that same song in a different video, you have to pony up the cash again! For some of you, this means paying well north of $5,000 a year in music licensing fees. So, what if you could get unlimited, amazing licensed music for your wedding films for only $135 a year? This is amazing! I used to spend that much just on one video! If you want to learn more, go to Soundstripe.com or click the link on our website. And now, Soundstripe is offering 10% off to our listeners with the code WFA10. So again, go to Soundstripe.com and use WFA10 to get 10% off of your full year of fantastic licensed music for your videos today. Not only that, but when you use code WFA10 at checkout, your purchase helps support the Wedding Film Academy to keep bringing you amazing free content to help you make better wedding films and run a more successful business. So, so talk to me because we're we're you know talking about editing here. I want to hear how the 10-bit files are working for you, um, and you know. One is how's your computer keeping up with those 10-bit files, and then two, what extra are you finding that you do have that much extra latitude that you wanted to satisfy your own creative desires by getting a 10-bit camera? Well, I don't shoot every wedding in 10-bit because my my computer would just blow up. To be honest, I gotcha. I, I don't yeah. have a really strong computer. I use a, a PC and it's a laptop. All I edit uh-huh. is, is on the laptop. It's a Asus. Actually, we're I'm speaking on it right now uh, because I want to keep myself uh, flexible and, and be in all those different places. I edit in a restaurant. I edit here in the Italian restaurant, to be honest, because I have I have kids <laughs> at home, and it's just you know it's so hectic. I want to be in sure. all those places where I can you know just put on my headphones and, and 
and add it. And my laptop is pretty strong, but it's not the fastest in the world. I bought it like two years ago. So probably right now you could get for the same money a faster machine. But I, if I work on 10-bit or 4K, I always work on proxies because either way yeah. I would not be able to edit anything at all. So it's probably taking the whole process a bit longer uh, to you know to edit because you have to make those proxies and it takes like two or three hours for my PC to make those proxies. So I usually upload uh, my, my my footage you know, before I go to sleep and then I wake up and have those proxies already there waiting for me. But as you have those proxies, it flies. You know, it, it works so smoothly. Sure. It's it's just it's amazing. It, it can take any 4K, even 6K, 10 bit, whatever, and it's just really good. I work on Premiere Pro, and I'm pretty happy with it. I used to work at DaVinci Resolve uh, for coloring, mm -hmm. uh, but right. after uh, Premiere Pro introduced Lumetri, um, like I think a year and a half ago, I quit. Uh, I quit DaVinci and just stick to the Premiere because it made the process a lot longer because you had to export the, the files and sure. just the whole, you know, workflow. So much easier if you can do everything yeah, in one true. program for but sure. But the DaVinci that is right now is pretty excited. I'm thinking about actually switching and making the editor. I will try to make an edit and color in DaVinci. Let's say how this works. And DaVinci is a yeah. free software. You can have it for free. I've heard some. I mean, their latest update to DaVinci. It's amazing. It looks unbelievable. I mean, I use Final Cut, um, but yeah, when I saw the video that they put out on what they're doing now, I'm like, whoa. I, <laughs> Maybe I need to rethink what I'm using here. This is I impressive. Mean, the colors, the way it, the, the whole software is, is designed for color grading, it's such mind blowing. You know, the whole process is so different that I've been used to for Final Cut or Premiere Pro is just a whole different idea of coloring. So if, you, mm -hmm. if you're looking for like proper gear for, for coloring, that DaVinci is really the, the one to go. And now they, they included editing, you know, software and process. So it's probably... It looks like it's pretty yeah, powerful it is, it editing. Is, is. So I actually never had time to switch because switching software always takes a lot of time. Yeah, it's a huge and pain. And I never have time for it, but I want to try it out. I would just people, I, I would, you know, if you guys are still having time to, to find, you know, what suits you best, try DaVinci. Maybe it works for you. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, very cool. Well, we are closing in on the end. So I want to hear, um, you've got some workshop coming up. Uh, in the not too distant future with it sounds like quite a few other filmmakers yep um, and it, it sounds like it's in a pretty amazing location so I want to hear more about that well what I was thinking about is having a workshop for videographers that is all about this experience of being together in one spot for a couple of days and not only sitting and listening to someone talking but actually living with them and experiencing those people in all those different, different uh, situations. Because we are having a workshop camp in Gran Canaria, which is an island on the ocean. It's a Spanish island. We are going to be there for four straight days in one surf spot with 
nine speakers and only 25 attendees. We're having people flying in from all over the world to join us. We will be living the speakers and the attendees in the same surf spot. We will have surfing lessons. Uh, we will have bonfires, live music. We will have parties. We will travel the, the island. We will have portfolio shootings in all those great locations. We have models coming in and you know shooting with us. And we will have speakers like Ricardo Fasoli. We will have Maru Films. We'll have Alberto Niago. I will be there. Plus, there will be photographers who will also come and join us. We will have Sean Flanagan from A Fistful of Balls. We will have Bjorn Lexius from Hafenliebe from Germany. So there will be there will be like those exceptional artists that will come and join there, and not only you know stand and and talk in front of a class. It will be more like you know drinking beer and talking, man, how do you make those films? And only then you can actually learn from those people when you're with them for four straight days. You can have them one-on-one yeah. -on -one talking with them for straight four hours, let's say. I can imagine people, you know, not going to sleep and sitting at the beach until 5 a.m. and just talking and, you know, experiencing the, the sunset. And that's my idea of, 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 a, of a workshop experience. So that's what we're having yeah. in November. We already have like seven or eight spots free. So if you guys listening and want to join us, it's blacksandworkshop.com. Blacksandworkshop.com. Okay, cool. Uh, what is, it sounds, sounds like a pretty amazing experience. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, two and a half people yeah. per instructor. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, tell me, what does the workshop like this cost? It's 1500 euro. But it's all included, okay. except the flights. But it's included the workshops, the the stay at the surf camp. It's hospitality. It's food. It's drinks. It's safari, jeep safari. It's surfing lessons. So basically, you don't need to take any money with you because everything is covered. You just need to fly over awesome. and you stay with us. So fifteen hundred yeah. euro is probably great. in dollars. It'd be like sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred dollars, more or less. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what's the dates on that again? It's November what? 26th until the 30th of November. 26th through 30th. Awesome. Definitely. So if you're one of those people who uh, didn't hate Sebastian's films, <laughs> <laughs> but really, I think the truth is, I looked up, uh, I looked up some of the other filmmakers there, and there's there's also there's a diversity. That's yeah, true. Of of thought and practice when it comes to making wedding films from the presenters. I mean, I mean Ricardo so. uh, Fasoli and Maru films, these are probably like the hottest names, especially in Europe right now. They get all those best bookings. They get to shoot yeah. everywhere from New Zealand to, you know, Tuscany or Florence or Paris. Mm. And they really make awesome. exceptional films. I mean, yeah. if you are more at the traditional approach and if you want to look how people are tweaking the traditional approach and still getting really creative stuff done then those two guys I mean Maru and Ricardo Fasoli are making some great stuff really honestly it's mind blowing awesome very cool 
Well, uh, if people want to go and find out more about the workshop and more about you and your work, um, where do we need to send our, our listeners? Let's go to Facebook, Super Weddings. You will find me in the search engine of Facebook or superweddings.pl. Uh, and that's my my webpage, which is in English as well, of course. Uh, or Instagram, Super Weddings Films. Or the workshop, blacksandworkshop.com. Perfect. Awesome. Oh, dude, I almost yeah. forgot. We have to do a pick of the week. What? Yeah. Uh, so, so I normally do that before I let you tell us everything yeah. of uh, where we should go to, to find more of your work, but... Uh, we got to do the pick of the week. We can't miss out on that. So as much as uh, as you and so many of our guests say the gear doesn't matter, which you know is is so true in so many ways, but but you have to have something, right? What do you mean, like a, like a gear <laughs> so, uh, pick of the week, or it could be a gear, it could be something else too. You know, we've had people who've picked a film um, that inspired them, uh, books okay. that are important to them, a mobile app. It could be anything. Um, maybe I'll let you think about it and I'll, I will share uh, my pick of the week um, while you're thinking about something but uh, I am going to use a piece of gear and along the lines with what Sebastian was saying about you know he was for this first several years up until just a couple of months ago was using a $500 Lumix G7 or GX7 I forgot what you said you were using yeah um, GX7 exactly the GX7, yeah. Okay. That's like the rangefinder one, right? Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so along those lines, uh, Rokinon, I'm holding the lens up if you're watching the video, um, uh, Rokinon makes some really nice glass that is super affordable. Uh, and they make cinema glass. So um, this is what I'm holding here. This is the Rokinon 85mm, uh, it's the uh, T1.5, um, and so it is a, a stepless aperture, um, and then it has a really nice manual focus ring. There's a little bit of a grind to it, but not too much, um, but it, it has gears on it, so if you were hooking it up to, you know, some sort of a rig, um, you know, you'd already have the gears on there. Of course, I'm not doing anything like that, but uh, I just love the stopless aperture, the stepless aperture, um, and you know, I know not everybody loves to look at these lens, but I find them to be really sharp and really punchy colors uh, for a lens that cost $300. Um, so if you're on a budget and you know, for some people, they just love the look of it. So even if you're, you know, trying to spend a lot of money, you know, you could get one of these. But if you're if you're on a tighter budget, Rokinon makes some really good stuff that's pretty affordable. So it's a really nice way to get your lens collection started uh, if you're on a tighter budget. So that's my pick of the week: the Rokinon 85 mil uh, T 1.5 cine lens. All right. Sounds sounds yeah. good. I'm actually interested. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You got a pick of the week? <laughs> well, I can tell you what inspired me in a way um, while doing the film that I was that we were discussing today. 
Uh, if yeah, you go to yeah. Vimeo, uh, actually, I think it was Christian Dior, the perfume company, they made up this campaign with Johnny Depp, and it's called Savage, like the perfume that they uh, they're having, and it's. Can you spell uh, that? Actually, if you go and type in Tales of the Wild. Okay. That's the whole series that Christian Dior made with uh, Johnny Depp promoting their perfume. And the cinematography behind it is just amazing. It's it's really something that, well, after watching it, you will probably understand a bit more my perspective on films and what mm. inspires me. So that's kind of one of those things that really inspires me. Tales of the Wild. Awesome. Tales of the Wild. Cool. Great pick of the week. I love that. I'm going to go look that up on on Vimeo, or as we say here, Vimeo. Vimeo. All right. Sorry. I'd... <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing English around with you. Thir- I I could be I could be completely wrong. You know, it could be some dude in Poland that made this and he calls it Vimeo. Yeah, English is my third language, so it's an excuse for my dude, bad English. Well, it sounds like it sounds like it's your first, man. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's my first language, and it's my only language. <laughs> so you are far superior in all things to me. So well done, sir. Thank you, man. awesome well thanks again for coming on man this has been super enlightening um it gives me a whole new perspective on what you're creating which again i just find fascinating and you know have an incredible respect for the work that you're creating so thanks for coming on and for sharing this with us and again for our listeners uh, go check out more of the work uh super weddings on facebook and you know if there's any way you can make it out i'm sure this this black sands workshop sounds like you know a once in a lifetime amazing experience so you know if you can pull that off right after thanksgiving get out there and do it that sounds awesome thanks for having me man it was also nice for me and a a nice experience and that was the first time so yeah really cool awesome all right take Take care bye-bye The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.